Hi there. You're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show, where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Well, I've got a special guest on the podcast this week. Whether you're a new paralegal struggling to get your foot in the door and start your career, or if you're more experienced and maybe out there looking at job opportunities, you're going to love hearing what my guest has to say today. And you know what? Even if you are happily employed at the job of your dreams, you're going to love this too. Because my guest was a paralegal like you for many years before becoming the paralegal career coach. Literally, that's her company, paralegalcareercoach.com. In fact, if you've ever reached out to me online, which many of you have, asking if I can provide resume services, which I don't, then you might already know Bert Binder because that's who I refer people to for that. Let me give you a little background before I bring her on. Bert Binder is a nationally recognized career coach with diverse experience and knowledge about career opportunities in the legal field. Her legal career evolved from traditional paralegal jobs in both the government and private sectors to the director of courtroom technology from one of the largest court systems in the country. Bert works with entry-level through senior-level paralegals, legal assistants, and other legal support staff to help them define, plan, and pursue their career goals. She has been a member of the adjunct faculty of an ABA-approved paralegal program since 2001, and we're so lucky to have her here today. Welcome to the show, Bert. Thank you, Anne. To give you a little insight as to what I do as a paralegal coach, I would like to uh, identify how I work with students who are starting their career after completing a paralegal program as well as those already working in the legal field, including paralegals, legal assistants, legal secretaries, and other legal support staff with titles too numerous to list here. And these people are who are interested in working on their career goals. Many times, graduating students are not aware of the wide range of opportunities where they can utilize the knowledge and skills they acquired in their paralegal training. I help paralegals working at government agencies who want to transition into a law firm since they are looking for new challenges, as well as the opportunity to increase their earning potential. I also help experienced paralegals working at law firms who want to find a new and different career path that utilizes the knowledge, skills, and abilities that they have honed as a paralegal. I assist them in focusing on thinking outside the box as far as what they can do and the jobs they are qualified to apply for. Well, so I love that, that you're specializing in just paralegals and legal support staff, because there's probably tens of thousands of career coaches out there, but I don't know if I know of any other career coach that's specifically a paralegal career coach. Am I wrong? Well, thank you. I looked at that when I was deciding to set up my business and I did not find one. And 
I think I, like you, having that foundational knowledge of what paralegals do, what it's like to work in a law firm, the services that we can offer can be spot on because of the experience and knowledge that we bring. Well, I like that. Can you give me an example of a success story from someone that you've worked with before? Oh, of course. I've got an excellent one I think you'll enjoy. I I send out a free e-newsletter of postings for the metropolitan Phoenix area that encompasses over 20 municipalities. And I encourage people who live in other states to subscribe just so they can see the range of jobs available that require legal skills, knowledge, and experience. Metropolitan Phoenix is now the fifth largest city in the U.S., and we have a very healthy and diverse job market. I post paralegal and legal assistant jobs, as well as jobs with unusual or unique titles that require paralegal education and or experience. One of my clients, a 15-year litigation paralegal, contacted me because she saw one of my postings for a legal operations specialist for the Phoenix office of a national corporation. Some of the primary responsibilities included researching federal regulatory changes and preparing compliance reports, monitoring and tracking legal claims against the company, coordinating with insurance adjusters, and maintaining and tracking company-wide contracts. My client thought this was exactly the kind of job she wanted and was very disappointed that it was in Phoenix because she lived in Minneapolis and was definitely not interested in relocating. I suggested that she check out the company website as I knew that they had an office in Minneapolis too and possibly might have that same position. She was able to get hold of the recruiting manager in the Minneapolis office and told the manager about her interest in the legal operations specialist job that was posted for Phoenix. Amazingly, the recruiting manager told her that they were in the process of creating that same position in the Minneapolis office and requested that she send in her resume. And the very fantastic ending of this story is that my client was hired and the company never had to go through the time-consuming process of posting the job and interviewing applicants. Definitely a win-win situation. So the moral of this story, I think, is that applicants need to think outside the box and use initiative when job hunting. I like that story. Wow. Congratulations to her. So. So she was an experienced paralegal and had applied her skills to be able to think outside the box, go research, and go seek out the job for a job that didn't exist. Exactly. She wasn't just waiting for you know the right job to fall into her lap. She was taking initiative and proactive. So do you have any recommendations for newer paralegals to find a position when that's all they see are ads for experienced paralegals? I absolutely do that because that is the number one complaint I get from new paralegals. All of the job postings require experience. It is very important to note that when there's a job posting for a paralegal that requires one to two years of experience, pretty much the entry level. 
that many employers do not also require any formal education. So if you've completed a paralegal degree program or a paralegal certificate, you are just as qualified, if not more so, than a person who's had no formal education but has been able to get hired as a paralegal. I've been working with graduating students to find their first job since 2001, and I have found that government agencies are a great place to find the first paralegal job. For those just starting their careers, government and agencies and law firms generally have about the same pay scale, but you need to consider that government agencies generally include benefits but that's not necessarily the case for small to medium-sized law firms. In Phoenix, there are city, county, state, and federal agencies that have entry-level paralegal positions. However, some of them have different or unique titles like project specialist, legal administrative assistant, legal coordinator, case processing system, and case processing specialist, and justice systems clerk. But the skills, knowledge, and abilities that graduating students have make them strong candidates for these government jobs. And one good thing to remember about government jobs is that there is always more work to do than people to do it. So working for a government agency provides a good starting point for graduating students, as well as the opportunity to grow their skills and knowledge. Great advice. So I'm going to repeat that, everybody. Come back to me if you're multitasking. What she just said, if you're a new paralegal, one of the best opportunities that you should look at is applying at a government agency to get that experience. So thank you for that. So when you're working with a paralegal on their resume and cover letter, how is it different than hiring someone like if they were to go outside and just hire a resume writing services? Like what How is that different? Do you write their resumes and cover letters for them? I do not. And I will tell you my primary reason. I strongly believe that paralegals should have excellent writing and analytical skills. That means that they should be writing those documents themselves, not hiring someone to write them for them. The resume and the cover letter are the first writing samples that a potential employer sees and they should demonstrate how you have been able to analyze the job posting to identify the knowledge, skills, and abilities that you have that meet the employer's requirements and expectations. It's important to carefully read the job posting to determine what the employers considers the required qualifications and the preferred qualifications, as sometimes those are stated within a paragraph and not necessarily listed out in bullet points. So it's important for an applicant to identify and use the keywords in the job posting so that they can use the same words in a cover letter and a resume. I also help my clients identify the skills that they have that are transferable to the new job they are seeking and work with them on improving their resumes and writing more effective cover letters. But I do not write those for them, and I strongly recommend that they do not hire others to do that too. I totally agree. Uh, I've seen the results of some of those where they've paid anywhere from $200 to $500 for a resume. And it's just a template looking resume. It uses just cliche words and 
you can tell that it was written by, you know, someone else. So that's good advice. Thank you. So besides writing skills, what are a few other key skills that new paralegals in particular need to have? Well, as with the experiences you've had, I've also talked to plenty of new paralegals who are quite frustrated and insecure about not having experience in the legal field, but they do not notice that most of the skills listed in a job posting are soft skills. And soft skills refer to personality qualities, habits, and attributes that make someone a good employee and compatible to work with. And employers really do value soft skills because research suggests and experience shows that they can be just as important an indicator of job performance as hard skills. So when reading job postings, I tell the new paralegals to take notes of the skills that they see listed most often by employers. Here's a list of soft skills that I regularly see in job posting. Attention to detail, team player, work independently, work well under pressure, strong work ethic, ability to accept criticism. Yes, these are all very common skills that you will find frequently listed in paralegal job postings, and they are not the kind of skills that are taught in school. The hard or technical skills requirements will vary depending on the nature of the job. And technical skills are also things that anybody can be trained to do. It is your soft skills that will set you apart and help you to thrive and establish your value to an employer. I have an excerpt here from a uh, job posting I just sent out last week, and I'd like you to hear this for what they are listing as the what they're looking for. Uh, it's for the title of the job is a receptionist slash legal assistant, so it's an entry-level job. The candidate must be friendly, outgoing, organized, detail-oriented, reliable, have excellent work ethic, maintain a professional appearance, and provide a positive image to the company, must be prompt, responsible, and maintain confidentiality. Now, that's all soft skills. Then the last sentence is, Profession in the use of Microsoft Word, Excel, and Outlook. So I don't think there's a paralegal graduate out there, entry level, that couldn't make a good, uh, write a good cover letter explaining how their soft skills fit the requirements of this job. I totally agree. In fact, I'd add something here for the listeners who maybe didn't catch our episode. Uh, I believe it was two, two weeks, three weeks, well, probably three weeks, four weeks by the time this comes out. It was an interview of Kim Barrett. And it's a perfect example of how to go from a part-time receptionist to a firm-wide director at a big global law firm. So don't ever think if you're out there listening that a receptionist slash legal assistant position is not going to get you anywhere. So that's a really good example, Burke. Thank you. So what kind of trends are you seeing in the paralegal job market? You know, we've heard the great resignation, the great renegotiation to, you know, negotiate more remote work. We've heard of, I've heard at least like of law firms who are just really struggling to fill these empty positions. And so to me, I would think it's a, what I would call a, a hot paralegal 
job market, but what are you seeing? I tend to agree with you there. One thing that I've been trying to keep up on recently is the Arizona Judicial Branch has established a legal professional program, also known as a limited license legal practitioner. And there are several other states that have either established those programs are or are in the process of considering them. So this is definitely an opportunity for an experienced paralegal to take their career to the next level. As far as paralegal skills, I have definitely seen an increase in job postings requiring e-discovery skills and knowledge. I think that, as you said, law firms are also experienced the, experiencing the great resignation and have had to adapt by providing better salary and benefit options, such as working from home or a hybrid job where they can work some from home and some in the office. The COVID shutdown definitely had an impact on demonstrating how employers could adapt to having staff work from home. And now many people, that's the preferred benefit they're looking for. So I even, oh, for the first time ever, up a couple of months ago, I saw a job posting that offered a signing bonus. Now, signing bonuses are very common for attorneys, but that was the first one I have ever seen in my career that offered a signing bonus to a senior paralegal at one of our larger law firms. So I'm also seeing in the private sector that companies will allow employees to work a hybrid schedule of in the office and at home. But I'll have to tell you, to this point, I have not seen any government agency postings that address the hybrid work schedule. But I think they're going to possibly evolve to be competitive for qualified applicants. Interesting. I did a podcast episode. It hasn't come out yet, but it'll come out, I think, right before this episode. And it's on paralegal burnout and one of how to help them out of it. Cause I just, I don't want to just get on there and say, Oh, let's talk about paralegal burnout, but it exists. And so I wanted to put together something. What could I help them with when it comes to paralegal burnout? And one of the things that I was hearing during COVID was, well, even now post COVID, I think the effects of that great resignation and paralegals just lifting up their hands and saying, I'm done. I don't want to work as a paralegal anymore, or I don't want to work at a big law firm. I want to go and downsize or whatever it was. But that effect has been that void is causing even more burnout in the paralegal profession where the ones who are left, you know, they've got these vacant positions and it's not like the work doesn't need to get done still. Have you been experiencing any of that where people will come to you, paralegals who want some career coaching on how to get away from a burnout situation and go to another profession or go to another type of employer? Absolutely. Uh, You hit the nail on the head there. Some firms, instead of addressing the issue of the great resignation, have just looked to the staff that are left to take on even more responsibility. And for the most part, any, any of my clients that have 10 or more years in the profession are pretty much looking for a change that doesn't include billable hours. I mean, that billable hours are the dirty words of law firms that we all dealt with who, who've worked there and you know need, need to meet that requirement. 
So they're looking um, at government agencies. Uh, I mean, one of the areas I've seen more recently, and it's not necessarily uh, a senior level, but um, with the legalization of marijuana, we now have uh, state regulatory agencies monitoring that. And the uh, paralegals don't think of themselves in uh, compliance terms, but all they do as a paralegal is comply with whatever the requirements are in the areas of law they work, whether that be immigration or uh, intellectual property, uh, and of course, litigation. So yes, the ones I am seeing that are experienced paralegals are looking to find another job where they can feel the satisfaction of utilizing their skills and abilities, but not the pressure and overwhelming expectations that they have been experienced in in law firms. Hmm. Okay. Well, you'd think that would open up the job market more than for the entry-level paralegals, but I'm not seeing that at, at a rate that I expected it to happen. And along those lines, that's probably my biggest complaint that I hear from recent graduates. They'll say, okay, the pay is so low. If we can even get our foot in the door, if we're lucky, you know, and I use air quotes, lucky enough to get our foot in the door, then the pay is so low. I could just as well go to work for Chick-fil-A and not be stressed out and just go home at night and be with my family. What advice do you have for someone who is maybe close to getting an offer or they receive an offer for employment and it just seems really low? You know, I think that small firms and medium firms, sometimes some of them don't appreciate the skills and abilities that a good paralegal can bring. And I've seen job postings here in Phoenix for $12 an hour for entry level. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive there for that price. I wouldn't even interview, but you know, each person is in a unique situation of what they need to do to get a job. But There's no reason not to try to negotiate. So getting a fair salary in your first paralegal job is a perpetual challenge. And one of the benefits of looking to a government agency is the salary range is usually posted. And other benefits such as they offer other benefits such as uh, health insurance or vacation and sick time and retirement plan. So making uh, 16 or $18 an hour. I, I see our entry-level jobs, the ones that I think are fairly paid, between $18 and $22 an hour. And again, the government jobs seem to be posted in that range. But with the government, you're going to get those other benefits that law firms may not offer. And if you receive uh, a salary offer from a, a law firm that you think is too low, you could respond with something like, I think that the skills and abilities I have to offer qualify for a higher salary. I always cautious my clients, don't say no or get up and slam your hand on the table and say, you got to be kidding me. Um, It's the goal of most employers to get the best person they can for the least pay they can pay. I mean, that's just business for them. So negotiating is something that everyone needs to learn to do when they're looking for a job. There are so many different things to negotiate about in a job. Um, 
if they've offered you a salary that's too low and they're not willing to increase, you could say, ask them for a salary review in 60 days because some employers are more willing to make an adjustment in compensation once they see what you can do on the job and demonstrate your value to them. And make sure you're considering the whole compensation package, not just the hourly or salary, uh, annual salary. You need to consider that benefits aspect of it. Uh, Larger employees will employers will pay holiday pay. Smaller employers won't. Uh, Paid time off, is there a retirement plan? And, you know, for the paralegal profession, I think one of the good factors to consider is, is there an education reimbursement plan? If you don't have your bachelor's degree or you want to do continuing legal education, will your employer pay for that? And of course, the often requested now flexible work schedule. There are so many aspects to consider in a compensation package. Another important factor to consider is the title of the job. For instance, the one I told you about where it was a receptionist legal assistant. The goal is to be a legal assistant, not a receptionist. So you want to say, well, I may be doing uh, receptionist duties with my job, but I want my core job to be considered a legal assistant because as you get into years of experience in a profession, your pay scale is often in line with how many years you've had the job title. So negotiating for a job title is you know a trade-off for maybe not getting the salary you want. That's a really good point. I've never thought of that before, but that is what I would have done. Like as a paralegal manager, you look at previous positions and it was receptionist, legal secretary, paralegal, but in many of those roles, the person was doing paralegal work. Those years maybe didn't count as much. That's a good point. Okay. So What are a few of the mistakes that you see people making most often when it comes to their job search, if you can just narrow it down to one, two, or three? Um, Probably the primary thing I see is they only want a job title paralegal or legal assistant, and they only want to work at a law firm because they perceive law firms as giving them a higher status than working for a government agency or a private company. There are a lot of job titles that take the legal training and experience that qualify you for uh, jobs with different titles. And I try to talk to my clients about opening up their thought processes and their search methods to find jobs that take those skills but have a different title. For instance, I have a list of some I've seen here a uh, credentialing specialist, a title clerk examiner, financial operations specialist, child support specialist, case processing specialist, court analyst, EEOC compliance specialist, lemon law specialist. Also, I've noticed that people do not want to apply for certain jobs because the responsibilities listed are things that they've never done before. And what I'm work with them to do is to focus on the skills it takes to do those responsibilities because they've developed those skills in the jobs they've had. And it's all about understanding and identifying 
skills and abilities, not the functions or the job responsibilities. I had a client that was a litigation paralegal who was interested in finding a a job in compliance. She stated she was frustrated because she had no experience at all in compliance. I asked her if she complied with the rules of court, rules of evidence, rules of professional responsibility, and a light bulb went off for her. She never even considered how many ways compliance was a part of her current job. So it gave her the confidence to go find a job as a compliance specialist in the finance industry because she had a lot of experience in working on litigation cases for financial institutions. So the mistakes people make are not thinking broadly enough in exactly what they're capable of doing and what kind of jobs that are out there. Yeah, I agree. Well, so on your website, I've got it pulled up here. I noticed that you say, I'm going to read the quote because I love it. When it comes to career opportunities and advancements, some people wish it would happen. Some people want it to happen and some people make it happen. So do you have any parting advice for how a paralegal can do that? How can a paralegal make it happen? Well, unfortunately, I talked to too many people who are wishers. And, you know, I wish I'd win the lottery, but that hasn't happened. But whether you're a new paralegal or a seasoned paralegal, you should be making a commitment to staying current about career options in the job market and make sure you're in charge of your career. Career management includes being prepared for the unexpected, whether that's a serendipitous job offer or any undesirable change in your current job. This preparation can give you the power, confidence, and ability to move forward should you should the circumstance occur. I've encountered clients that don't want to put in the work to make the changes or improve their careers. They just wish they could find a better job, and they make very little effort or progress in finding a new job. They don't have the time to review postings. They don't have the time to check out the job market. They don't have the time to learn new skills. They would rather complain than change. And that goes the same for people who just want something to happen, like the situation where they get offered a different job, even though they weren't really working on making that happen. You know, the kind of scenario where a paralegal is contacted by one of her former attorneys to leave the firm she's at and work for him in a new firm with a promise of a better and different environment. Uh, That's not always a good situation, but it doesn't take time to go find a job when something like that happens. So in, in that type of scenario, you're not managing your career. You're leaving it to chance. And I'm also a believer in lifelong learning. And I think that the legal profession requires that. Paralegals need to stay up to date on areas like changing and evolving technology, rules and regulations, processes, court decisions, and so on. Knowledge is power. And if you want to make it happen, you need to be actively working on your career goals. While each individual has their personal motivations driving a job or career change, Many find it very difficult to step outside of their comfort zone to face uncertainty. Planning, research, and confidence are the key components to making your outcome positive, because I think finding a job 
is a job. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially when you're talking about a situation where you've already got a job, you might be paid somewhat decent, but at least it's paying the bills and maybe you don't love it, but you know, it's a job. And so to leave that just without any research and knowing what you're stepping into, it's not a good plan. Okay. Well, so I know we're running out of time here. Um, I want to end by asking you to let the listeners know where can they reach out to you, like your website or LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. I am on LinkedIn and uh, should be able to find my profile. If you cannot, you can contact me at my email, paralegalcareercoach at gmail.com. And my website is paralegalcareercoach.com. Yeah. And for all of those who are out there driving or walking or, and you want to pull up her website or pull her up on LinkedIn, her first name, Bert is spelled B-E-R-T and Binder is B-I-N-D-E-R. All right. Well, thank you, Bert. Thank you for taking the time today to help paralegal listeners out there get their career advanced. It's been a pleasure, Anne, and thank you for the invitation to be part of your podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Have a great day. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.